0: You are listening to the Power & Purpose podcast with best-selling author and life interventionist, Mastin Kipp. Today, Mastin interviews Dr. Christiane Northrup about the range of concepts covered in her new book. Topics covered include parents, belief in identity, forces fed by anger and fear, holding on to personal pain, why your body isn't a mistake, confirmation bias, and DMT. Here's Mastin. Hello, and welcome to The Power & Purpose Show. I'm your host, Mastin Kipp. I'm here with the one and only internationally renowned, incredible Dr. Christian Northrup. I'm so happy that you're here, Dr. Northrup. And before we get started, I am so excited about her new book. I actually had to have my phone here because I have so many notes with so many questions, cool. uh, which is the first, actually. So I'm super excited uh, to get into this with you. But first, I want to welcome you onto the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. My yeah, pleasure. Super excited. And I also want to say, I want would like to dedicate, um, since... Your book is about ease and living your life with ease and being divinely guided. I think it's appropriate to dedicate this episode to Penelope, because I would think that she, she, you know, we're passing all this information on. Yeah. you know, with Kate and Mike and stuff like that. I just thought it'd be great to dedicate this to her. And oh, I love it. she'll probably just pick it up like
1: it's obvious. You know? I think so. Yeah. Her <laughs> life so far is, yeah, it's quite joyous. Totally.
0: Totally. <laughs> and I also was looking on Instagram and I think you're on 286
1: days as of today. That is correct. Of That's gratitude. That's right. That's awesome. So how's that been going this year, by the way? You know, at first when I started, so, you know, I'm out taking my little walk on January 1st and I was looking at Joe Dispenza's feed, love Joe, and he talks about this woman who did uh, one um, Polaroid per day all year. Remember that? And it was, and she's Australian. So her thing was 365 grateful. And at the end of that time, when she went through all the pictures with the little memory of what it was, she realized her husband loved her. (laughs) that he really was not, you know, that she kind of saw that she had really been looking at the glass half empty. Well, so I thought, all right, I have now back then Instagram had a different algorithm. So it was like Mm -hmm. a short video, like Mm -hmm. really short. Mm -hmm. And halfway through they changed. (laughs) So I I started, I thought, oh, let's do this. This will be fun. Let's just try this. And then I panicked I panicked by day three. I said, "Oh my God, am I going to run out of things?" Totally. Then it became a practice, and it's easy. Most days, there's so many things that you don't know what to do. There's so many, and so what? what it does it, it it entrains you because you're looking. And, and you know. And I said, "I did. I do it." So I made a commitment. Totally. So then I'm looking every single day and realize, oh need to totally. do this. And I think that changes you when your whole focus is, okay, this is a job. I said I would do it. I'm committed to doing it. I need to, uh, the biggest problem for me has been keeping track of what day it is. Right. And I've missed a bunch, and, but I have some guys that say, ah, uh, hello, it's right. day,"
0: <laughs> And funny. that's always funny. That's funny. Yeah. You can be grateful for missing a day, I that's guess. That's it.
1: That's <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Your new book, I've never read anything like it. Um, you talk about everything from being a divine soul who's reincarnated, it's not your first rodeo, Mm -hmm. to DMT, which is usually (laughs) associated with tripping and psychedelic experiences and how that relates to sex, to um, good fats to eat in your body, to doing A1C testing and insulin response. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh my God, Like this is an incredible reek. I, I, that's why I have so many questions here for you because like any one of those topics we could probably do a whole hour on, I would imagine. But yeah. I wanna, I guess we'll jump around because this book is so rich and so full of stuff. The thing that popped out at me most um, was a quote from chapter eight all about shame. Oh yeah. And I'd like to read this to you. Yeah. Um, and I wanna unpack it because I think, I think this is really, really important. Um, you say, one of the strongest emotional pieces of our lives that prevents us from bringing heaven to earth is what I refer to as the uh, blame, guilt, not. Um, These two negative emotions stem from something that is an integral part of our society, shame. And then you go on to say, the shame we experience generally comes from people who are meant to protect us. And I thought that was a really interesting thing because when you think about shame, and so, that's almost like there's a good intention behind the shame, even though it has this incredible negative um, yeah. cost associated with that. Can you unpack that for me? Because I was, I was sitting there and I was like, that's, I mean, incredibly powerful. But how does shame come from protection? Well,
1: we've, we've dedicated this to Penelope, right? Yes. Okay. So Mike and Kate have just learned in their parenting class that a child does not know the meaning of no until they're three years old. They can't figure out no until they're three. Wow. And that until we're about 25, which is when you can actually rent a car on your own, <laughs> Right, totally. we don't have complete impulse control. We don't understand risk. So imagine you're two and you're playing in the toilet, right. which Penelope is doing. She loves to pick up the lid and close the lid and pick it up and close I the totally lid.
0: I identify more with that than adults, by the way, so In, I get it.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, so you can't say to her, what, what you see parents doing a lot as a two-year-old, shaking them, no, you're bad, this is wrong, you're bad. What the kid gets the message, they don't understand what the, that they did was wrong. What they, what they download is, I'm wrong. Something's yes. wrong with me. Yes. Not, I did something wrong. I am wrong. Right. Yes. And if we have a parent, um, you know, I was listening to a fantastic download on uh, the planet Pluto and Pluto transits. And what the guy said, whose name I can't remember, was every one of us as a soul will choose parents that in some regard cannot love us because that's our job to understand that we are divine, complete souls. Uh So let
0: me just take that in for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do a lot of work around trauma, and what you just said, I mean, it connects a lot of stuff around why people might, from a higher perspective, experience trauma. But you're saying that on a, maybe on a certain level, on like a really high sort of spiritual, okay. like we're talking like not even 401, we're talking like PhD-level spiritual perspective,
1: that yeah. we will pick parents who can't love us because... That's right, because that is how we're going to bring light into darkness, so, yeah. Let me give you an example. I see. Yeah. So I have a mother who wanted six Olympic athletes. <laughs> okay. She got two. Anyway, my sister was, you know, like missed one spot in the Sapporo mm-hmm. Winter Olympics. But that left me with, well, you know. So what did I try to do? I tried to earn love through academics. Um, she lost a baby when I was five. This child was born and died at six months. I left myself. I literally abandoned myself yes. to heal her. Yes. And I get that. felt like I was not lovable yes. as a human. What do you do with that? You create an amazing career in women's health. Right. 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 You you it's like the soul goes. Well done. Right. The angels are dancing. Feels like shit a it lot. Does. It does. But once you know that you're transforming. You're composting. You're turning over the compost. And once you get that and you're not so concerned with yourself, man, life becomes way easier,
0: right? It's amazing that you said that because it actually, um, when, you, when, when I read this, it, and I had a question, which you almost just answered, but I want to kind of go okay. around it in a little bit of a different way. Right. Um, so I do a lot of work uh, with, and it wasn't my intentional, but a lot of people come to my events and retreats and their clients, on some level have had some type of trauma and yeah. predominantly sexual trauma in their past um hello welcome to gynecology totally oh yeah <laughs> totally well one of my mentors Guru Premier, calls this like area the scene of the crime you know is what he calls it which i know you know all about um yeah how come when something happens to us like for me like when i regress back to like my traumatic memory one of the, one of the moments where i formed a belief about myself i was just on a couch in a like wrapped up six months old my parents were over in the kitchen. They were just making dinner or something like that. I'm just here, but I decided I'm all alone. And I'm kind of wondering why it seems like long-term trauma, long-term pain from trauma associated, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for sickness related to traumatic events in the past mm-hmm. comes from a belief. Yes. And yes. why do we sort of, it seems like we almost default to a negative belief that becomes our identity. Why isn't it a default of like, I'm alive or I'm good? Like, what is it about like that, like younger, that younger mind, that younger yeah. smack? Because people take it in, it's in their body. Yeah, you know? That's what we came to do. So, but why is it? And why did we tend
1: to like shift negative rather than positive? That's the culture we live in. Okay. So we've gone from, I believe that we are on a path to earth's ascension. We would not have the current candidates for election <laughs> totally. if we weren't on yep. the path for ascension. So it's all going to turn out good. It's all going to turn into light. But this is Kali Yuga. This is the last big hoo-ha of the uh, adversary, yes. of the dark lords. Yes, They've been running this planet for over 5,000 years, maybe more than that. Yes. So it's the rise of the divine feminine, and, and that's feelings. That's the ability to respond instead of react. Yes. And then the divine masculine, is the ability to stand up, be assertive, but not to plow over everyone. So we're having this amazing chance to take that trauma and infuse it with light by not taking it so personally. And people like you, people like me, are empaths. So You'll notice, by the way, and we, we know this, there's studies on babies and their, uh, nervous systems. So there are babies who are just chill. Babies, you yeah. can, you can, you can do, uh, arterial blood gas and the kid lies there. Yeah. You got another kid and you waft some air over their blanket and they're screaming. Yeah. All right. So the empaths like us are actually, um, the ones who feel this stuff that others aren't feeling and we're cleaning it up we are cleaning it up by feeling. That's how we're processing this negativity. But for years, we've been in survival mode, right? The nervous system, fight or flight. Yes. Like always fight or flight instead of rest and restore. And I believe that there are, I really do believe this. I don't think I put it in the book. Maybe I did. That there are dark forces that are fed by anger and fear. And so it behooves them to keep us always in the negative for sure. So when you look at that pain and you, and obviously if you're dealing with sexual trauma, which I've been around for decades, you know how deep that pain is. But the beauty of it is, as Pema Chodron says, when you clear it, it's always bright blue sky. Yes always that part of us is always 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 there okay but let's be clear i think the kabbalah says or the torah this is the densest place in the universe (laughs) in the universe so if you can bring light here
0: yeah
1: holy you're you're doing it for the entire universe so let's be clear that um we don't want to hold on to our personal pain so tightly, like, oh, my God, I'm the only person this has ever happened to. That mm-hmm. was one of my big trainings back in the 80s when we were, you know, the world was getting into the recovery movement. Mm-hmm. I love that publishing says, oh, you know, when we're recovering is we've done recovery. It's like, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I'm still seeing a lot <laughs> yeah, of alcoholics. Totally. OK, totally. but anyway, the recovery movement, the beginning of that was to um, uncap something that no one had on cap before. Right. John Bradshaw the yep. the family the whole alcoholic family system. This has been going on for decades for millennia. Suddenly, I mean, you know, any woman that you talk to is doing any work like this like Lisa Lister or me, we kind of almost remember how many times we were burned at the stake. Right. I mean, whoa. Yeah, for sure. Whoa. For so sure. we're in a fantastic time and you got to notice though when they're trying they, whatever who they is, to control you with negative thoughts or, I mean, look at where we are with, you know, with the word pussy now.
0: Wow. Well, Mama Gina, it's interesting because Mama Gina, Hay House author, just released a book. I wrote the foreword. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about then. (laughs) Okay, great. I just saw it. I just saw the title. I just saw the launch. I was like, whoa. And I think it was the exact same week or the week before. It was. As the when the Donald Trump thing came out. Well,
1: that's why it was so perfect. It's, yeah. it's what Regina was born to yeah, do. And, and the whole thing was reclamation. Yeah, because she says, you know, Donald, pussy is gonna take you down. That's so true.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. It was I'm very really, funny. Uh, that's incredible. Very funny. Yeah, so I mean, I wanna try to um spiral back around because one of the things that I do um is try to take genius, which we have here. And really make it, like, if someone's meeting you for the first time. Yeah. Right? So let's pretend someone's meeting you for the first time and we're talking about trauma and maybe they've been through something. Maybe a lot of times people don't even know they've been through stuff. Um, And they're coming here for the first time and they're hearing this idea of, like, whoa, like, I'm coming here to clear things. How could that be? Like, there's still a victimization around whatever's happened to them. Yeah. What advice would you have for them around? Because I think, you know, I say this a lot. I like to repeat it as much as possible. There's a difference between being victimized. Many people are victimized. But being a victim is an identity that you take on as a result of being victimized. Um, And, you know, obviously over time we participate in staying trapped in that process due to survival mechanisms. How does someone break free from that victimization victim
1: loop into what you're talking about? First thing you need to have is the wound has to be witnessed. Someone has to say that happened to Mm -hmm. you. I am so sorry. Yes. Because if they don't, You're never going to be able to heal it. And there has to be a moment, and I'm sure you've witnessed many, where I remember a woman sitting in my office, and she was newly diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was talking to her about the dynamics of giving and receiving, and I looked at her and I said, of course, of course, Mm. this would be what your body would do right now. And so now we're back to the blame. Guilt knot. you are not to blame that this happened. Because in my line of work, it's, oh, so you're saying I caused my illness. Oh, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is this illness is serving a purpose for your soul. It feels awful. We will do everything in our power to help you. Please. uh, Usually it's a wounded child inside you know, you pick a number from one to 10, you do a, you know, you go into a magic garden, you, you, I'm currently working with my inner eight-year-old, a 40-day process, Oh wow! where, you, you know, taught to me by Doris E. Cohen, who wrote a book called Repetition. Um, so we need to understand that the blame thing and the victim thing is usually, it's that the inner child, who's the shadow, by the way, Right. Matt Matt Kahn talks about the the inner child. The inner child. He you goes, quote
0: him in your book. I have a quote here. Yeah, I'll yeah. So right he on. says,
1: um, one day he was walking along. I think I have this in the book, and uh, was you know love and light working with the ascended masters, whatever. And he hears a voice in his head: "Go f- yourself." He says, <laughs> "That's the inner child." It's like, what about me? Yeah. If you don't pay attention to the unhealed seven-year-old, let's say. That being, that being, and that consciousness is running your endocrine system, your central nervous system, and wow. your immune system. Isn't that huge? It makes total sense. Yeah. It may, I mean,
0: it makes total sense because I'm concurrently, personally going through something um, where I've been doing a lot of my own sort of like healing from the past. And also like I did this, um, it was like a 15 page blood work test. I literally was giving blood for like 15 minutes to take, give them enough blood. And a lot of stuff came back, and one of the things which I had had a hypothesis about doing my own testing was uh, prediabetes yeah. um, and also inflammation, um, mm-hmm. which are associated. And I was thinking about, like, from a higher perspective, where is this coming from? And sugar became my source of love sh- because yes. I was there was no emotional context there. And so as I've stepped into this healing process, one of my thoughts has been, it's not just about maybe, you know... Um, Lowering, uh, you know, carbohydrate intake, or maybe going on ketogenic, or you know, metformin, or whatever it might be. There's also like, you got, I have to heal the the, the the cause. And I was talking to a doctor the other day who said, "Well, the cause of prediabetes is is inflammation." Well, I said, well, "What's the cause of inflammation?" And it sounds like what you're talking about it is. is like the, is the cause the cause of the cause. That's if it. That makes any That's sense. it.
1: Yeah, going as far as far upstream as we can possibly yeah. go, and. So what you, we take in the sweetness because it does some things. It increases beta endorphin. Empaths have more, I this uh, we believe this is true. I don't think it's been proved. But um, Kathleen de Maison wrote a book way back called Potatoes, Not Prozac. And she's the only person who was able to take recidivism drunk drivers in the state of Arizona and turn them around because she said that they, had a need for blood sugar and for feeding themselves that was different than others. And mm-hmm. if you've ever been to an AA meeting, mm-hmm. it's loaded with sugar. So true. Okay. So, you know, um, candy is dandy, but liquor's quicker. Yeah. We all need, <laughs> so, so the empaths have a need for this beta endorphin to feel better. So for you, for me, living a sweet life yes. is so important where we don't have the flail You know there are still orders in in the church where there's self-flagellation. My mother's best friend that she did the Appalachian Trail with was in one of those self-flagellation orders. Literally, yeah. Literally, I just met one of those one of those guys who went to an Opus Dei school. Just met him out at the Louise Hay. This still goes on. Oh my God! You know the uh, what is it? What is it? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. The feminine is the flesh is. Where we got to bring this stuff. Yes. Your body's not a mistake. Totally. You're not supposed to be, you know, up and out. That's been a very masculine, you know, let's sit in meditation for 10 hours a day. Good. Now tell me how you're getting along with your wife. Usually terrible. Right. I mean, I had those friends who went yeah. to India for all that. No, it's here, it's now, it's kindness, it's sweetness.
0: Yes, I love that. Speaking of here and now and being in the body, you know, one of the one of the, my working hypothesis, I, my parents are both biologists, PhD, so I, I was raised with the scientific method, but I'm also <laughs> like you, know, like I'm super woo-woo, so it's like these, like, you oh, know, yeah. two forces that are... I, I, my, my thinking on that, to that ADD for a second, is I think science... Is studying the byproduct of spirit. That's kind of what I think. I think it's kind of like discovering bit by bit. There's that a there's a quote
1: up on the science building at Bowdoin College, and it's the laws of science are simply the thoughts of God.
0: Ooh, tweetable! <laughs> yeah,
1: That's I don't, incredible. But I, don't I remember who that. Said it. We'll find out. <laughs> but We're gonna it, find out. Yeah, but it's on a building at Bowdoin College, and That's I remember incredible. it's it's everywhere. When when you're in science, I remember this. Okay, so I'm. In physics, I'm learning the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Mm-hmm. Okay, as soon as you observe a phenomenon, you change it. Meaning, your energy field changes matter. And I and I then I go through the rest of my training. And I go, how come you all forgot this? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no such thing really as yeah. a completely objective thing. Right. Even Rupert Sheldrake, his his TED talk was dropped. Why? Because he said the constants, like gravity and the speed of light. Aren't constant, so right. he goes to the Hall of Constance. I guess it's in Greenwich, England, and he says, "Have you tested these?" Well, no, sir. They're constant. Actually, they're not. Right? Isn't that interesting? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's the Global Coherence Project, where when there is a, a big deal with humanity. Oh yeah, like all <laughs> yeah, the like, random number uh, generators y- line up. Yeah, is that what, yeah, yeah. They they. Something um, twists. Was it, I, was it the I, intention project a while well back? Well, I that just, was... that's the intention. No, that's um, Taggart. Lynn Taggart. Uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn, right. Lynn Taggart. Yeah. But there's also, the Institute of Heart Math has the yes. Global Coherence Project. And so I was talking to one of them once, and obviously there was a big uptick with the 9-11, but they also <laughs> said there's a big uptick when they choose the Bachelor on the <laughs> That's so, hilarious. I know, but you know, I mean, you know, there was probably a big uptick, you know, when we were all watching Downton Abbey and Matthew yeah, got totally. killed. That, you know, a lot of people stopped watching. <laughs> or, oh, more like it, the last
0: episode of Friends when they finally got Ross and Rachel finally got together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, the
1: whole <laughs> <I love laughs> humanity that. uplifts. That's incredible. I, <laughs> I love know.
0: that. Um, okay. I want to try to stay on track here because I have so many things and it's like, this is so incredible. Okay. So um you have a whole chapter on understanding the universe's messages.
1: Yeah. That's such a fun one.
0: So I want to understand this because I agree and believe in synchronicity. Yeah. And I also like to speak to the skeptics. What is the difference between looking, you know, listening to the universe's messages and Mm -hmm. just sort of like confirmation bias, like making it mean what you want it to mean. So that's what it is. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. Like,
0: how do you, like, is it the same thing? Is there a difference? I
1: think it is the same thing. I think it is. I mean, if you look at uh, what did Mario Martinez say to me out in San Diego? Uh, He was talking to an atheist, or Deepak Chopra was talking Mm -hmm. to an atheist, and he said, I wish that I had the faith in my God that you have in your non God. I I believe because, you know, the old, we create our reality. It's not our ego, it's not the part, the little part of us in a body that's creating our reality. It just isn't. So you got to remember that part. But sometimes the messages are so um, obvious, and I. But if someone is determined to make it a bias, um, who's the guy at Harvard? What is the what is the brain except a computer made of meat? I mean, there's a whole group of scientists who still think that the near death experience. Is some kind of biologic phenomenon at the end of life, the end of life right. which would make Anita Morjani's story. How, how do they fit that in? You know, it's very difficult for scientists. I'll tell you what drives them nuts. The outlier data.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay? Absolutely.
1: You know, I've sort of given up talking to the true left brain skeptics because they're only in one side of their brain. Right. And uh, yeah. they, they're not available we unpass we try we try to here's what we do we take these people many of whom are vampires in my opinion and we try to make it we try to make this obvious to them so that they will get it so what we feel will feel better because what we do
0: <laughs> it's like the is, <laughs> totally is we lower
1: whoever has the strongest belief system wins the energy game yeah so we lower our vibration to meet them oh my god the world is turning to shit and the great barrier reef is dead you know all of that so then we lower the divine light that we are and we lose yes. power
0: yes that reminds me of something that Tony Robbins talks about. Um, you know, this guy is... I mean, I'm tall. I'm six foot four. Oh, no, I, no.
1: I have to t- hug him up. He's no, a big he's, guy. He's unbelievable. You know? I was at a thing with him. At the, he did an urban Zen Diksha ceremony with yeah. all these monks running around. It was one of the fun moments of my yeah, life. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Well, you
0: never think about him in the word Zen, yeah. usually. you know, yeah. It's like him in like power and energy. Yeah, but yeah. one of the things he talks about is he talks about in any conversation, the person who will generally win a debate or any conversation yeah. is those who have the most certainty in their body. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it sounds like what you're saying is is that we need to have certainty about what we know to be true as well. That's correct. Um, even though there are skeptics in the world. Yeah, that because place. Okay, we're the so, sensitive ones.
1: So yeah, think about it. Okay. How I'm can the sensitive there,
0: ones have certainty? Uh, we're so
1: sensitive. Because we have to because that's part of our soul's journey. That's what'll make life easy. You begin to have certainty, then you hang with the people who have certainty and that builds certainty. We all You know, truck out to San Diego. We celebrate 90 years of certainty through Louise Hay, the college dropout. Her certainty created an international publishing house that we're part of. That's right. From a high school dropout. That's right. Who was a woman. I mean, come on. That's some massive certainty there. And that's what we can all have. So, since the light wins anyway, the light's going to win. Yes. So, why don't we just be the light that we are and the power of the light that we are? And then when you run up against something, you go, oh, God, I'm not sure, you know. Then think about me. I've been out there pounding on this women's health thing for so many years. It's staggering to me how freaking long it's taking for women to own their bodies. Yes. It's like we're, as we speak, we're in the middle of Breast Cancer Awareness Month that was started by a mammogram company. I have been saying to women, hey, too many of you are sacrificing your boobs for, you don't need to, you've got something you die with but not die from, ductal carcinoma side situ. Someone once said to me, do you know a good book on menopause? You know, it's like, <laughs> ah! You know, it's like, how, so, so what you do, here's what you have to do. Mastin, let me just tell you this now, you know, it's like from farther downstream than you are at the moment. You just say, all right, in geological time, We're doing pretty good. Women got the right to vote in 1920. It isn't even 100 years yet, so we're doing okay, and no one's burning us at the stake yet, still. So that's how I look at it: is the big sweep of history, so that I don't um, lose my power to despair. Yes, it's so easy to lose your power to despair. And here's what I say to people now: Ready? This is like kind of badass. It is so easy to be lazy and just let your power be taken over by the mainstream media and go negative. That's easy.
0: Yes, That's
1: for cowards. That's for sissies. That's for panty waist. Sit up here and be the light and shine that despite all appearances to the contrary. Yes. Do that. Let them call you a fool. I mean, you imagine... What I went through back in the eighties I, I, I mean it's like unbelievable, so yeah. what I try to do is stay in the jokes if if the doctors could laugh with me, yeah, then I was safe
0: until right. it was time to leave well but see, you're also talking about outliers, like you're an outlier because you know um with one of one of my doctors, I just found myself with people who are progressive thinkers, yeah yeah you know um and her name is Dr. Natalie Nevins she's an osteopath and she's also a brain expert and she's a muscle expert anatomy expert and she also trains osteopaths she's, and she's also in the army she's a very interesting human being and she said Master did you know what's interesting about, interesting about most doctors is that their training stopped when they left medical school correct so you're getting it, like most of your diagnosis and um, correct uh, what you're um, you know being told you have is coming from a 1975 textbook She's and I thought to myself are you <laughs> kidding me like what so it's almost like, it's kind of like you're in 2016 and you're arguing with 1975. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and so what you're saying makes even total, even more sense. Do you
1: know how long it takes for something cool that enters the medical uh, research arena to actually get into clinical practice? I don't. 17 years. Wow. Okay. so. Let's take vitamin D, right? So now One we of know.
0: Ask you about that, yes, right?
1: So we know that those who have optimal levels, which is 40 to 80 uh, nanograms per milliliter, 40 to 80 have half the rate of breast cancer, colon cancer, heart disease, MS, arthritis, blah, blah, blah. Okay? There are doctors out there who are still worried about overdoses of vitamin D. Hmm. So they won't prescribe it. So what they do is you get a test and the women who have the hip fractures and the breast cancer are often in the lowest 25th percentile of vitamin D. But there are so many doctors who just don't know this literature. There's a woman who started a movement grassrootshealth.net. She got all the world famous vitamin D researchers to get together wow. and started this group GrassrootsHealth.net. You can get your vitamin D tested there without a doctor's prescription and all the good guys, Dr. Garland, all these guys, um, get together and tell you the kind of research that's out there. So you don't need to wait. Right. I mean, you know, cause she, I think she had a son with type one diabetes mm-hmm. or something. And we know that's related to not having en- enough vitamin D when the baby is being gestated in the mother. These things wow. take so fricking long. Another one of the things is iodine. We need way more I iodine. That, I saw that in
0: your book because yeah, kind of popping over to the medical side. You know, um, I, I've been in doctor land for the last like six months. Yeah, why is iodine so important? That isn't. That, I mean, the last time I consumed iodine was on the Appalachian Trail. I got water oh, out right, of the stream right, right, and I put right, right. iodine, and I was yeah. like maybe what ten years old yeah. in summer camp.
1: Well, first of all, iodine is uh, you know one of the uber antibacterials. I mean, it's amazing, but in the body. Here's what it does. Let's start with, it's a halogen on the periodic table of elements. Halogen halogen.
0: so let me just understand, is that, so a pathogen is something that attacks the body? Yeah, no,
1: halogen is an element. Okay. So it's a type of element, which is the same kind of element as chlorine, bromide, fluoride. Got it. Those are being added to the environment as pollutants. I mean, fluoride is a known toxin. It's in toothpaste. They put it in municipal water supplies. Chlorine is a toxin. Um, Bromide is now used in baking and so on. When you put those things in, it takes iodine off your cells. The body needs, just for the thyroid alone, about 10 milligrams a day to keep the, the, the thyroid working. But in women, breasts uh, have a, a thyroid, I mean, an iodine pump and ovaries as well. So we really need it. Uh, after the fukushima power plant mm-hmm. the sales of iodorol went through the roof and they raised the price terribly wow. to you know 120 bucks for a bottle you don't need to do that let me give you a cheap way to do it yes. lugol's solution which you can get from the j crow company mm-hmm. really cheap seven drops a day in water you're good for women or for everybody everybody i see that's about that's a good dose seven drops a day i finally you know come up with the thing that's the easiest And Lugol's is as old as time, and you can still get that. But you got to start slow if you're on thyroid meds. Think of the number of women you know with thyroid problems or people with a sluggish metabolism, because those halogens in environmental pollution are taking the iodine off the cells. Plus, iodine was added to salt back in the 20s and 30s to prevent goiter. If you look at the old salt ads, it's uh, your family doesn't need to get goiter um, choose Morton's iodized salt. Wow, And that was just a the goiter belt is the Midwest, right. Yeah, so these kids would have these big the thyroid get bigger and bigger and bigger. So we don't have that problem, but you see in in nutrition, there is such a difference between uh, enough to prevent a um, a deficiency disease, very rickets, scurvy. When's the last time you saw that, right? And there's a difference between that because the RDAs, came, they came up with those in the 40s. Right. So let's start really messing with the food. Let's devitalize all the food. But now let's just add back just enough so you won't get a gross deficiency disease. And then there's optimal. So there's a difference exactly. between just getting by and
0: optimal. It's so funny you say that because I had this like 15 page test uh, with all these different markers. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, what I did is I got like four different specialists to look at it because I wanted like that lens. I didn't want a GP lens. I wanted a yeah, yeah. Like, specialist lens. Yeah. And one of the, do- only one of the doctors said, because like one doctor was like, oh, these are good. You know, one doctor was like, whoa, dude, you got some inflammation. Let's yeah. look out. One doctor said... Mastin, um, I want to talk to you about these numbers because some of your stuff is high, some of your stuff is low. But I want to talk to you about what's optimal. Nice. And I was like, I'd never thought about it that way. It's not like my LDLs were high or my vitamin D was low. No, no. What what, is the actual optimal level? Which is not necessarily so. Just being in the range isn't necessarily what's good. That's right. Optimal level for these
1: tests, but remember. So it was just before I got on the plane talking with a psychiatrist friend of mine who's very holistic. And we've got some data that if you get it early, you can cure schizophrenia with nutrients and so on. She's studying that. And, uh, you know, she cured a very rare disease and she worked with functional medicine and then got to the point where she said, no, it is spirit that that heals us. Yes. We've got to bring in Our spirit, it's stronger than everything. In the book, I work with uh, Robert Fritchie, uh, World Service Institute, Divine Love. Yes. And Bob's got all kinds of testimonials. He made a 501c3 so that he wouldn't be accused of practicing medicine (laughs) without a license. So he's like a church, right? But uh, spinal cancer, 100 pounds, overweight, uh, all this stuff, just connecting with Divine Love, the strongest highest vibration available to all of us. And he said it's like a switch. When you do it, like, I accept divine love, you're connected with that big part of you, a bigger generator. How do you connect to divine love? Uh, literally, here's how I do it. Uh, okay, and I do Get it regularly. Get ready. Well, Hold like no, on a second. No, no, no. you are about to connect to yeah, divine yeah, love. Yeah, this you can do it too. One so one just like, just repeat after okay. me. Okay, you repeat it. Ready? Okay. okay, let's do it. So the body's a battery. So feet on the floor, hands like this. You don't cross anything. Nothing crossed? No, Donna Eden teaches this. okay. Good. Then we just say this. So I'll say it. You repeat it. With my spirit. With my spirit. And the angels help. And the angels help. I focus divine love. I focus divine love. Throughout my system. Throughout my system. I ask my spirit. I ask my spirit. To identify. To identify. Every cause. Every cause. And every situation. And every situation. That separates me that separates me from the Creator from the Creator and now remove and now remove those causes and situations those causes and situations with divine love with divine love according to the Creator's will according to the Creator's will okay you breathe in through your nose hold it and pulse it out through your nose we are are now connected all right so now do you feel anything going through your body
0: I just feel calmer especially with that breath and also, I mean, as I was saying those words, my body definitely relaxed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're now connected. So what Bob teaches is now that you're connected, oh, and what will disconnect you is anger or fear. So then all you have to do is, you know, turn on your cell phone and hear totally. the news. So then you just go, um, I accept divine love. And I have done this where I'll set my phone for a timer every 15 minutes Wow. so that I reconnect
0: I saw that you said that you reconnect in the book, but I didn't realize it was that often. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Or every time you go to the bathroom. So I have a friend who's fighting congestive heart failure. He's on Lasix, so he's going to the bathroom a lot. I said, good. So this is what you do every time you go. I accept divine love. Pulse your breath. And then you're connected.
0: That's and, awesome.
1: Isn't it awesome? Yeah, and we're going to make sure to have a
0: transcript of that below so that yeah. we can send that out of And, that's,
1: an and that is um, Robert Fritchie's work, and that's his sort of master... Um, petition. And he said, yeah, and that will heal everything, but you can make it very specific too. So this is how I run my business. So every day, Diane and I get together. We've worked together 37 years and we, she'll say, okay, so what do we want to do today? Do do we want to do the model life product line? Do we want to do the Hay House stuff? We want to do the E and then we'll sit there and we'll do the petition Making it specific to whatever, and then we sit there. I set the timer on the iPhone for two minutes. We get images, we get—I often get a soundtrack um, and all kinds of stuff—and uh, then we share what we got. Then we do it for each other. We've been wow. doing that for, for years, so that's wow.
0: yeah. That's incredible. I'm going to write that down as the best practice. It's a great yeah, practice. That's incredible. I love that.
1: Yeah. And um, it's simple. Two minutes.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. If you don't have two minutes, you know, no. come on now. All right. Um, okay. I have a, um, I have a medical like uh, specific question for you Great. about LDL cholesterol. Okay. Because this is something that's up for me. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, LDL is considered the bad cholesterol. HDL is the good cholesterol and triglyceride cholesterol from what I understand, you probably know better than me, is a measure of inflammation and also sugar metabolism, if I recall.
1: That's the triglycerides. Yeah, the, trigly- yeah. the trigs. Okay. Yeah. So my
0: trigs used to be like 260, okay. which is really high. Okay. Now they're like in the 70s, which is I'm That's excited amazing. about. That's amazing. really excited about that. Nice work. Um, thank you. My HDLs were like 13, which is super low. Now they're about 50, which I'm excited about. My LDLs are hanging out like... Two hundred to two sixty, uh-huh. kind of depending on what's going on, and um, so my ratio is super high. Uh, it's like it, it fluctuates between a six point zero and an eight point five, which okay. is really high. Okay, um, and so I'm just kind of wondering, you know, when I looked at like the fats that you talked about um, in the book to eat avocado, avocado uh-huh. oil, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, grass fed butter. Uh Extra virgin olive oil and nut butters, and then mm-hmm. mayonnaise with avocado oil, which I'm gonna get that. It's I'm so about good. That. It's I, good. Mayo approved by the doc here. I've done that, all of that, except when I do butter. Yeah. My, I, I, I have a um, machine where I, t- I do a lipid profile at my house every day. It's, I'm, I'm a geek. I literally prick my finger. I do a lipid profile. That's I got cool. Glucose, LDL, HDL, triglycerides. Cool. What, and are, I what see, are, what
1: are your fasting blood sugars?
0: Um, well, when I first got started, it was 106. Okay. Um, then it got down to like. 70, which I was really happy about. And then um, it was recently back up. Now it's up at about 89. So it kind of fluctuates. I am on metformin, which is a drug yeah. for um, for uh, for diabetes and pre-diabetes, right. so I'm working on that consistently. Um, and my A1C is 5.7, which is just at the tip of yeah, pre-diabetic. Yeah, right, yeah, right there. So yeah. I was just wondering about LDL because the, all this whole fat movement, Mark Hyman, Eat Fat, Get Thin, Bulletproof Diet, Ketogenic Diet, Atkins Diet, like all this stuff with like everyone's talking about fat, 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 fat. fat. But isn't, I feel like if your LDLs are that high, that's an issue.
1: Yeah. There are some people who probably shouldn't be eating that much fat. Yeah. And I would, I'd mess around with it. But let me tell you, LDL in and of itself is not the problem. It's oxidized LDL. It's when the free radicals get the LDL that it's a problem. I know so many people whose total cholesterol is in 300, 350, they're 90. They've never had a problem. I think that this cholesterol thing has been another boondoggle of medicine. Really, really bad, especially the statin drugs. Yes. Um, so I, I like that you're on it, but I also would suggest to you that you want to love this body and give it a break. You probably know John Gabriel's work, right?
0: No.
1: Oh, John. Yeah. Okay. That's we'll write your, this one down, too. John, J-O-N, <laughs> Gabriel. So here's John and uh, weighs 400 pounds at the time that the World Trade Center went down. He had an international business there. And he had gone to see Atkins, and we have what John and I have in common, is that Dr. Atkins yelled at both of us <laughs> <laughs> before he tripped and died. Yes. Um, and he would yell at John for not losing weight. John did everything he knew to do, and he pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike one day and... Uh, And he had the revelation, if my body wants to be fat, it's going to be fat. There is nothing I can do. So let me feed it. Let me feed it. And he's got a documentary out called Feeding Obesity. You're going to want to look at it. All right. Okay. John then began to do visualizations every day, and he's got an app. I do this every night before You're like a... um you're like a content aggregator of all this incredible mm-hmm. stuff. I'm a re- resource. It's amazing. A re- resource. <laughs> I'm a resource.
0: <laughs> That's
1: incredible. And so, uh, and he lost, wait, wait what's in- the app called for visualization? What is it? Is John? It John, Gabriel. John just, Gabriel, just, okay, just go and look at this and do the evening visualization right. with headphones before you go to sleep at night. First of all, you'll never hear the whole thing. I've never heard the whole thing because I'm asleep. Totally. Okay. He, his voice is soothing. I swear that he works for Archangel Gabriel. So he he went from 400 pounds to this god. He's got a six-pack just with the visualization. And he's got little movies he does with people all over the world who, wow. who've had. Because if you keep focusing just on diet, the body is going to win every time. You know this because of the... When you have a wound that hasn't been... Uh, witnessed with, let's say, sexual abuse, I mean, back in the 80s, all these women would come in with chronic pelvic pain. I would take a history, they'd been sexually abused. My colleagues thought, oh, those those are only your patients. We only see normal women. That's funny. I'm seeing this in Germany, England, everywhere. And it's like one in three. Hello, wake up. But that was normal. Yeah, that's normal. So that's before. And now we've sort of all woken up to that. Well, we have to wake up to the fact that this body has amazing intelligence. It's trying to protect you in some way. Yes. And you're you're totally on the right path. Add John stuff. That's And uh, then I and I wouldn't be so worried. See, you, you're getting a little medicalized there with the well, on the I, I, I on like that. I,
0: I, I like to have data. Me too. And I also like to have spirit. And I love that there's a remembrance of that too, because, you know, um, Sometimes, like, the data can be so, and the other thing is when you, like, I learned to never WebMD my results.
1: Never. Ever. Don't ever
0: do like, that. never, because, like, I did that, like, my first got the, the labs. Don't ever do And I started, it. like, typing in, you know, like, my complement C4A, or, like, I'm getting really geeky at right now. Yeah. And it was like, you have cancer. I'm like, no. oh, my, you know what no. I mean? Like, so I was like, okay, like, I'm going to just See, gonna not do that. You know, you know, it's a shame about
1: that. <laughs> because I have, um, I can, I know how to curate that information. I also know who wrote it. And what money's behind it? Whoa. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Hold
0: on a second. Pause for a second. You're saying that there's financial incentive behind certain numbers and what they mean so that there can become like a prescription? Yes. I guess that totally makes sense.
1: Yes. Who do you think runs WebMD? Okay. Big Pharma. Wow,
0: this is captured on film and then we're going to get this out there. Uh, that's incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that's a whole other. I mean, you know, Ty Bollinger's. War on cancer, oh, right. or the, yeah, the cancer deception. Yeah. Oh, cancer's huge business. Yeah, it Come on, let's keep them coming. Let's keep huh. everyone scared. Food for the demons forever. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Okay. Well, I, I really
0: appreciate that um, because, um, you know, that's a, I, I love also that, you know, you can talk this way. You, you, if she were still alive today, I would love to get you guys together and talk to you, uh, the both of you, but
1: Candice Pert is another, like, someone who I have high respect for. I loved Candace. We and, were friends. You know, she, I, no, we were yeah. friends. She used to come to the American Holistic Medical Association meetings. She was hilarious. And Candace had a home birth in Washington, D.C., way back. Her, wow. her, yeah. She came up with her formula for the um, uh, T-cell, peptide immun- T. Yeah, her peptide T. Yeah. <laughs> she said when she was making love with her husband in a tent, she was like that. She'd tell the whole audience that. that. Is Candace was a piece of work. Yeah, yeah. But what's cool about
0: Candace and also with you is that you like you can go toe to toe with like anyone who, any doctor, any psychiatrist, any psychologist, and like talk about the pharmacology and the biology of things. But you bring in this other element which is sort of missing. It's almost like this is idea that you know Candice even said this once at so a talk. I, I, whenever I get into someone's work, I go deep, and she said that I had to leave the medical field because of a four letter word: soul. Because, Correct. you know, she was studying opiate receptors and oh, the yeah. receptors on cells. She's the
1: one. Beta endorphin, neurotransmitters, yeah. the brain, the chemicals that the brain makes when it thinks. That's Candace Burke.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, like, Thank molecules you, of emotion. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> but she said the smaller she got, she couldn't explain, that's it. like, what was going on. And the only conclusion that she came to was there has to be a creator. That's it. You know, um, and that's when sort of medical science said, okay, which is ironic because she was, like, miss... Oh yeah, yeah the National powers, Institutes you know. of Health.
1: But she would point out that the National Institutes of Health and the National Institutes of Mental Health are not even in the same government agency. Yes. So we have a mind-body split that's rather huge. Yes. So I love that you're talking about your test results to me, because that's what people leave out. They they read your stuff, they they read um, Deepak Chopra's stuff, and then they don't apply it to their own situation, their own blood tests, their own weight. We've got to bring it all back to the body.
0: Yeah, totally. And yeah. the other thing is, like, you know, I, I had to remember too is that, like, anytime you take blood, it's a snapshot in time. Always. It's not like how you are. That's right. You know, so I had to remember that. Okay. I could probably talk to you for five more hours. Um, I have a sense that we're probably running over time, which is awesome because this has been amazing. I, I want to ask one more question, and then I have a new question I'm going to ask every single guest. Okay. you will be the first That's one. Fun. Okay. okay. Good, okay. Good. I got to know about this DMT thing. Oh. Okay. So like DMT, like you read it, the book, this, this DMT, the spirit molecule, you know, I've done, uh, I probably shouldn't say this on camera, I guess, but I guess I will. I've done ayahuasca twice. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I know that that has something to do with DMT. I had an extremely profound experience and forgave everyone that I ever hated. It was incredible. Um, but you talk about DMT creating sex drive. Um, and you say the association of DMT with sex explains why sex and various types of pornography can be addictive, especially, this is the point I want to ask, especially when they're used to avoid soul work. So how is the spirit molecule used in
1: connection with not doing soul work? Okay. Okay. Whenever you're using something, okay, like ayahuasca I read Sting's book, Broken Music, and you know he starts out the book with going to Trudy to a shaman and they do ayahuasca and it's a profound experience. But what do we do with that then in Western culture? Oh, let's go throw up every weekend. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like okay, yeah. so it's it's that. It's like um, what you want to do in life. Okay, so like now what we've got with pornography, we got a bunch of twenty and thirty year old men who need Viagra to get an erection because they have so blown out the circuits. What we want to do is have the smallest stimulus that creates the biggest result. And you can do that by refining what creates the DMT. Now, for instance, let's say that you are talking to someone and the two of you are engaged in uh, a conversation that is such a turn-on. You're both creating DMT. And we know that there's huge amounts of DMT at the time that you die.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: amounts of DMT at the time of orgasm. But it needs to be... It's like, it's like sugar. It's like sweetness. If you're going to have sugar or sweetness, go for the absolute best chocolate you possibly right. can. But eating Hershey's Kisses all day long right. is not... That'll just raise your blood sugar and make you fat. Right. But instead... You take the best and the smallest amount, and you be totally present with it, and then you get the big result. That's incredible.
0: So it's not just oxytocin and testosterone and a bunch of, you know, you know, uh, for all the neurotransmitters. There's also a DMT element here, too. Yeah. And so that's, it sounds like what you're saying is um, we're sort of, I mean, I, I'm going to maybe make up my own meaning here, but mm-hmm. we're chasing spirit in all the wrong ways.
1: Yes, Yes. Or what do we say about alcoholics? They keep trying to put spirits in the wrong container. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is another incredible tweetable. Okay. You are amazing. I love you. This has been so much fun. Um, okay. So this is a question that um, a friend of mine, Victoria Labom, asked me. Um, and I'm, I decided I want to ask everyone on my podcast the same question because I think it's extremely profound. Okay. Um, so the question is, if you're on a desert island... Yeah. And you were about to pass away Mm -hmm. you're about to die, about to take your last breath. And there was, say, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old child there. Mm -hmm. And you only had, like, a moment Mm -hmm. to give them a piece of advice. What Mm -hmm. would it be?
1: Love yourself. Like Revel in the being that is you. Use it up for all that you possibly can. Don't let anyone talk you out of being you. And if they're seven, they still remember amazing. Dr. Christian
0: Northen. thank you so much. Thank this you. has been so amazing. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> guys, get her new book. Um, all the information is on this page. All the information is going to be right up this podcast as well. If you're listening on iTunes, thank you so much for being here today. This has been awesome. I could, I wish we had like seven more hours because we could just dive in. So maybe we have to do a part two at some point. Absolutely. So, all right, you guys, right. thank you so much for being here this week and, uh, get the book and thank you again for being here so
1: much. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Power and Purpose podcast with Masked and Kip. We have a lot more great interviews, coaching conversations, and interventions to help you learn to power your purpose here on the podcast. Subscribe to the show to make sure you get every episode as soon as it is released. Visit maskedandkip.com forward slash subscribe for more. Between now and our next episode, get out there, take action, and make it real. it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today and before we wrap up if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review but please leave an honest review and especially if you want to leave a five star review, I would be super stoked on that but of course just make it honest but my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, we'd very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if
1: you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.